Hello and welcome to the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of November 13th, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Bayaki, ready to dig into all things sectors for the week ahead and look back at the week that was. And I'd like to just call it what it was, a weird week in the market. You had this midweek lull and or correction, if you want to call it that, in a one-week period where the market didn't really like what Mr. Powell said. And although a lot of the content of what he said was right in line with what he had said post-meeting, it still seemed like the market didn't like the tone or the body language or whatever it might be. And then we got a rally into weekend and we end up up 1.31% for the week on the S&P 500, which brings the year-to-date gain to 15% even, which is quite remarkable. And the story of the week was technology up 4.52%. I'll get into that later. But I think the story of the market was also Mr. Powell because there just wasn't a lot of economic data to digest this week. And as I said last week, we had 15 different Fed chairs, presidents, vice chairs speaking this week about the nature of the economy and the nature of Fed policy. And of course, it was Mr. Powell who stole the show. So a couple quotes. We know that ongoing progress toward our 2% goal is not assured. Inflation has given us a few head fakes, Powell said. If it becomes appropriate to tighten policy further, we will not hesitate to do so. Quite a strong statement at the end, but again, nothing different than what they've been saying, what he's been saying, and no departure from that 2% target rate. Now, here's the other piece that I found really interesting. It may be that the U.S. economy is structurally a little bit more resilient to interest rates, he said, pointing to homeowners who locked in an ultra-low mortgage rate during the pandemic and are not selling their property because of elevated rates for home loans. So this is a big deal because our economy is so critically tied to the nature of the consumer. And the nature of the consumer is so critically tied to home values and the housing market. And when you turn on the TV or open up a news article and it says mortgage rates now at 8%, mortgage rates north of 7%, that's dramatic. That's in some cases triple plus what you might've gotten just two, two, three years ago. And yet, because so many people have mortgages from that era of much more dovish Federal Reserve policy, and as a result, much lower mortgage rates, there just isn't as much of an impact at the consumer level of increasing federal funds rate. So is that policy tool as effective as it relates to consumers? And again, the Fed is focused on trying to bring down aggregate demand. It could be that that tool federal funds just doesn't have the impact that it once did, partly because of this anomalous period we just came out of. And the exuberant level of homeownership activity that was resulting from extremely low interest rates and specifically extremely low mortgage rates. So it remains to be seen. Of course, we've got QT and all that's going on with the Fed's balance sheet and other tightening mechanisms that they have. But the language this week from Powell 
Threw the market for a loop midweek, and then we saw a rally in the weekend. It wasn't like the comprehensive rallies we've seen recently where the market's up big or 1.3% or so, and every sector's up. In fact, energy was down 3.76% as WTI prices have come in quite a bit from their recent highs. XLU down 2.5%. XLRE, or real estate, down 2%. That's a sector that had been showing some signs of life. So, this was very much a market led by technology and, of course, communication services up 1.35%. But all in all, not the type of wide breath, comprehensive rally that we've seen recently. And I think it speaks to the word weird as a way to describe the past week. From Flow's perspective, 15 million more shares redeemed this week, 6 million out of XLF, 2 million out of XLE, 10 million shares redeemed out of Staples, XLP, which is quite a number for that sector, which doesn't tend to rise to the top in terms of week-to-week redemption and creation activity. 4 million shares redeemed out of XLU, and then the flip side is we saw 6 million shares created in XLK, which is a big bogey because when you have 6 million shares created in XLK and its handle, which is multiples of the handle on XLP and the, the handle on XLU, it's a big dollar number. So that's a massive amount of creation activity at a dollar level in the technology sector. Whereas, sure, 10 million shares redeemed out of XLP jumps out because that's not what you see week to week. And perhaps that was just a model change or someone who runs a sector rotation strategy tilting out of those sectors like XLP and XLU, which a lot of people were in coming into the year and have largely lagged the market here in 2023. So from a flows perspective, another net week of outflows, and at least in terms of share count, and a week where you saw some significant redemption activity, not just in financials, but in some other sectors that just don't see that type of week-to-week activity. Now, this week, we're going to focus on technology. Technology is the sector in focus, XLK. And it's not just because it was up 4.52%. I know I always say that, and it seems convenient. But the fact is, is that technology is fun to talk about, first of all, because it's such an interesting sector. And in many ways, It's a nice test case for how people think about sectors, how they think about the market. Because often what we hear is that tech is on a rampage and people are talking about companies that are in other sectors, communication services or consumer discretionary. And the reality is, is we bump up against NASDAQ-based products on a regular basis as it comes to defining technology. But if you do use the GIX framework and you are a sector investor at your core, then technology is technology. XLK defines the technology sector in the S&P 500. And the technology sector in the S&P 500 is very different than what most people think of as technology. In fact, it's such a different sector than what we had in the dot-com era. And the fact is, you look at the fundamentals of technology, specifically the way these companies generate profitability on their asset base. So over the course of the past five years, the annual return on equity, on average, for the technology sector going back to 2019, was 36.5%. The next closest sector in the market is discretionary at 28.4%. So the sector's ability to generate profitability on its equity base is unmatched by any sector in the market. And that comes with a debt-to-equity ratio that is the third lowest 
in the S&P 500. So they're doing this without a tremendous amount of leverage. And it speaks to the fact that this is a sector that isn't this high-flying, unprofitable, highly leveraged borrower that it maybe once was. In fact, now, when you look at the technology sector in the S&P 500, it screens as a sector that doesn't have a lot of leverage, generates strong profitability on its equity base, and importantly, checks a lot of boxes. Specifically, if you look at it from a style perspective, sure, it's got a size bias relative to the market. That makes sense. There's some big companies in there. Sure, it has a growth bias relative to the S&P 500. It trades at a lofty price-to-earnings valuation, but it also screens as quality and momentum. And if you just take that a step further, and I'm looking at the Bloomberg tilt screen here, The other piece of the puzzle here is that it is significantly above the market in terms of profitability. It's significantly below the market in terms of leverage. So you combine these characteristics, the ability to generate that type of profitability and cash flow without having a tremendous amount of debt, which means not having to go out and borrow in a market where borrowing costs have risen as dramatically as they have, like we talked about at the top of the show. And on top of that, You look at the sector's expectations for earnings in 2024 and see that it's expected to have the second highest earnings per share growth of any sector in the S&P 500 behind communication services. That's a dramatic value proposition for a sector in a market where people are concerned about the impact of inflation on business, the impact of increased borrowing costs on business, and perhaps the challenges from a macroeconomic backdrop, including normalizing growth on business, all of which are attributes of the technology sector that investors aren't as concerned about because of the fact that they don't have leverage and therefore don't have to be susceptible to those borrowing costs. They have very strong brands and very strong market footprints, as well as, of course, when you decompose how the companies in the sector have performed, it's not just those three companies in the technology sector that have driven all of the return. Sure, NVIDIA and Microsoft and Apple are responsible for more than half of the sector's total return year to date. But there's a number of companies in this sector, in the software and services category, in the semiconductors category, in the hardware category, that have generated strong returns and contributed total returns so far in 2023. So a fascinating sector, like I said, that I love talking about. Looking ahead to next week on the economic data front, we actually have a ton of economic data this week. It is CPI week, so we're going to get CPI and PPI, which is perhaps the most important economic indicator right now alongside PCE. We're going to get textured manufacturing data. We're going to hear from 17 more Fed folks, stakeholders across the Federal Reserve ecosystem, telling us about their thoughts on the market, telling us about their thoughts on Fed policy, as if last week weren't enough. And then we're going to get retail sales and some housing data. So a lot to digest this week in the market. Last week, we had less than 700 million shares traded across the select sector spider lineup. I think that speaks to the fact that there was such a dearth of economic data. Be curious to see what type of action and volume we get this week. On the earnings front, just 10 companies from the S&P 500 reporting were north of 90 plus percent of the S&P 500 having already reported. So the companies 
that I'm paying attention to this week are Home Depot, Walmart, Target, and Cisco. So Walmart and Target now in that consumer staples sector together are bellwethers in that category. Home Depot, of course, will give us a read through on the state of the consumer as it relates to the housing market. And then Cisco, which is sort of an old world mature technology company, but one in an industry group within the sector that has had a really good year here in 2023. So with that, I'd like to thank everyone for joining me once again. My name is Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors. I hope everyone has a wonderful week and I'll catch you next time.